0: Welcome back. Want to take a moment to remind you that past programs are available. If you're enjoying this discussion on obedience versus law following, you might want to check back on previous programs if you weren't able to hear them so that you're up to speed. Right now, back to it. Here's
1: George. So we've looked at rules and transcendent love, and the purpose of this was to show how Simply obeying rules, even if we do it really, really well, is insufficient. It's never enough. And and we've seen that both from Jesus and Paul. But even as we rolled far forward and looked at science fiction and the development of science and artificial intelligence, mathematician Kurt Goodell, all of these people in all of these ways show that mere obedience to the rules is never sufficient an insight that came from Scripture first and is being reinforced again and again, even within science and science fiction. And here's quite a wonderful quote that perhaps sums this up the best, and it's from Moshe Chaim Luzado, and he says it this way, Whoever sets God always before him and is exclusively concerned with doing God's pleasure and observing God's commandments will be called God's lover. The love of God is, therefore, not a separate commandment, but an underlying principle of all of God's commandments. Let me just read that again, because it's quite extraordinary. The love of God is, therefore, not a separate commandment, but an underlying principle of all of God's commandments. And this is what Jesus taught when he said the first and great commandment is this, love God with heart, mind, soul, and strength. The second commandment, love your neighbor as yourself. And then he said, all the law and the prophet hang on these two commandments. Again, God's concern is always about love always about loving relationships, always about building up and not harming. Listen to what Scripture says again in Galatians 5. So Christ has truly set us free. Now make sure that you stay free and don't get tied up again in slavery to the law. For if you are trying to make yourselves right with God by keeping the law, You've been cut off from Christ. You've fallen away from God's grace. But we who live by the Spirit eagerly wait to receive everything promised to us, who are right with God through faith. For when we place our faith in Christ Jesus, it makes no difference to God whether we are circumcised or not, that is, whether we have followed the ritual rules What is important is faith expressing itself in love. You are getting along so well. Who has interfered with you to hold you back from following the truth? It certainly isn't God, for he is the one who called you to freedom. That's Paul in Galatians 5. Now, I don't know about you, but what Paul says here is very scary to me. And what Jesus teaches is very scary to me. And what Scripture reveals, it's frightening. It's much easier for me to try to follow, apply, and impose rules all the time. The rules were there for a reason. They helped us understand right from wrong. But the true love that allows us to live as God desires requires transcendence, and it calls us to freedom. That transcendence is given to us in the simple command, love God, and in the simple application, love your neighbor as yourself. When we do this, we have fulfilled the law, we have transcended the law, and we have been set free by transcendent love. Consider also how this makes sense of Jesus' teaching to Nicodemus back as we taught in the chapter on salvation, back in chapter 2. Jesus told Nicodemus, we have to be reborn from above by water and the Spirit. And the promise is that with our salvation, the Holy Spirit takes up residence in us, We become temples of God's presence, the transcendent, the God who made the box, now lives in us. So, earlier, we looked at obedience and saw how we can use this in an attempt to control God. We do this as we follow rules, rituals, behavioral controls, or whatever, in order to curry favor or avoid punishment, to gain approval and avoid rejection. Clearly by now, we should see that this is not the same as loving God or our neighbors. Not only are loving God and neighbors not an attempt to control God, but their source is a transcendent one that is outside of the system, the kingdom of earth in which we live. Transcendent love is of another order altogether, beyond even the most laudable of human moral and ethical systems. When we act within the system of rules set for us, we behave, we seek approval as we conform. Even if we agree with the morals and ethics of the system, even if we see the value in them in showing right and wrong, as the law in Scripture is said to do, It is still approval we seek. And within those systems, approval is given when we conform. But, and here's an extraordinarily important point, approval is a very weak surrogate for love. And it is love we are created to seek. Love is transcendent. It comes from the source of our creation, and it approaches people and circumstances with a heavenly view, not just a worldly one. Where the Pharisee saw a prostitute, Jesus saw a woman needing the love of God. Where those who would stone an adulteress saw the law violated, Jesus gave freedom from condemnation where others saw a despised tax collector or a Samaritan or a blind man or a demon-possessed man or sick or dead, Jesus saw his beloved children. And his love brushed aside the judgments of men and invaded this kingdom of earth and its laws, including even the laws of time and space, and revealed the transcendent love of the kingdom of God. It is to this that you and we all are called. Sometimes hearing these ideas, it's a bit hard to put them into practical reality for ourselves. So let me tell just a little story. I know of a church where a teenager was brought to one of the pastors in the church. The parents had had trouble with this teenager for years. He'd been arrested uh, on several different crimes, none of them violent, but all of them very problematic, including sales of drugs and and other things. And the parents had done everything in their power to try to straighten this poor kid out without any luck, and they were just at their wits' ends. And so they brought their teenager, to the church and said, "'Please, can you help us?' One of the pastors took him under his wing and began a relationship with him, talking about what was important to him, how he lived his life." and began engaging this teenager in the life of the church. There were tasks at the church that needed to be done, and the hand of the teenager was put to these tasks along with the hand of the pastor. They worked together in tandem. And as time went on and this relationship developed, the teenager became more and more interested in the worship of the church, in who this Jesus was— in why these people gathered together on Sundays. Church went for him from an abstract, distant concept of which he had little knowledge to a reality as he experienced the life of that body of Christ. And eventually, as time went on, he was actually made a part of the worship, part of the worship team. Unfortunately, some of the folks in that congregation knew of this teenager's background, and they began to complain to the senior pastor first and then to the elders of the church. They could not believe that this sinful young man who was known for his crimes was now allowed to be a part of the worship, not a preacher, not a leader, but just one of the people that participated in the work of putting on the worship. And the pastor said, what we desire to do with this teenager is to love him into the kingdom, not to shame him into the kingdom. What those who opposed the teenager wanted to do was to drag him before the congregation and have him confess all of his sins to everybody, before he should be allowed to do anything as a part of that church. Well, this was just wrong. They wanted the rules to be followed, but they did not have the transcendent love, which ultimately redeemed this child. Transcendent love
0: trumping obedience. If you come from a legalistic background, it's possible this discussion is causing you to rethink what you believe and why. I want to remind you that there are many resources available at whatwebelieveandwhy.com. You can get the book itself in paperback, ebook, or even audio format, but there's also study guides and other resources. We encourage you to check it out. And we encourage you to join us next time for another edition of What We Believe and Why.